This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Today's guest on Pain in the Pod is the host of Pink Shade with Aaron Martin. On her podcast, Erin talks about a myriad of reality TV shows and sometimes cults. She's also gotten some exclusive, juicy interviews that no other podcaster has gotten. She interviewed both of the women that have accused Thomas Ravenel of Southern Charm of sexual assault and rape. Erin is a former school teacher. She writes for reality TV, excuse me, reality T. She's a frequent guest on Jeannie McCarthy's show, and she's a former child cult member. So she's always super interesting to listen to no matter what the subject is. I've appeared on Erin's podcast, and she's always there to chat with me about these stupid reality shows that we're obsessed with. Erin, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Mary Payne. I'm so excited about your podcast, and I'm really honored to be on it with you. Oh, of course. So let's get right into this. You are very self-made when it comes to this podcast, and you did it all yourself, and you taught yourself, and you were able to eventually leave your teaching job to do this full-time. I mean, it's pretty amazing. So tell me first, when did you think about starting the podcast, and then how long did it actually take for you to get it going? Well, you know, okay, so I am self-made, but Google is my teacher. And I also need to give credit to other podcasters out there, especially indie podcasters, who I hit up for so much advice. And I think that's a that's a good thing for anyone starting out. Just don't be afraid to reach out to other podcasters who are doing it because, you know, most people will be helpful because they themselves went through the pain. And so I would definitely suggest that. For me, I was writing for Reality Tea for, I want to say about three years, maybe three and a half years. And I was also regularly guesting on the Jenny McCarthy show on Sirius XM. And about a year went by where I was doing the Jenny show. And I just found that I really liked radio and I really liked talking with her or, you know, with anyone. Sometimes I would be on BFF Fridays. And so her two friends were on and we'd all chat about things. And I also discovered I wasn't I wasn't nervous in that setting. You know, some people really kind of like get their nerves up when they're on. And that's and that's live radio. So that's different than a podcast, of course. But the one thing I really loved about it was that it was interactive, whereas writing isn't. So I have a background in writing. I was a creative writing major. I was a writing teacher for years and years at the high school level. I ran a school newspaper. I was really into media and journalism. I was I published things on the side, too. But that's a very one sided gig. So you write something, you put it out there, you publish it. Okay, there's a comment section, sure. But most of the comments are talking about the subject or they're talking to other commenters. And so you really have no interaction with anyone else. So you're like, hey, I'm putting all my opinions out there. <laughs> you never hear anything back. So I was like, my next natural step was to start a podcast because of my love for radio and my obsession with all of these shows, you know, and I knew there were other people out there. I was hooking up with them on Twitter. I mean, I had no social media presence before last year. I will also say that. I mean, I was like, what is Twitter? I don't feel like going on there. Facebook was a place for me to just like look at pictures of my relatives, kids or like weird people from high school. So I had to learn not only podcasting, I had to learn everything, social media. I had no Instagram. 
And so all of it happened about last November. And I, I really talked to Jenny McCarthy about it quite a bit. I was, you know, I, I was sending her my logo. I was talking to her about ideas. And I said, I just want to talk about the things that are uniquely, not, not uniquely my own, but I mean, having been born in a cult, that's my story. And I, I'm fascinated by cults. I'm absolutely fascinated by true crime and I watch a ton of reality TV, but I look at it through the perspective of, I'm not a teeny bopper watching it. I mean, I'm a woman of a certain age. I'm in my forties. I'm a professional. I have a normal life. I look at it for the drama that's not in my life. So, and she, she encouraged me to just, she was like, just be you. No one is you. It doesn't matter how many other podcasts are out there. Just talk about what's interesting to you and it'll all shake out. Your audience will find you. You might drop some things. You might pick up other areas. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to do it. So people really questioned it at first. They were like, why are you talking about cults and reality TV? I'm like, I don't know. Cause that's, I don't know. That's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> so there you go. Now, how did you hook up with Jenny McCarthy? I've met her before one time, actually, when I was at my friend Taylor Strucker show in New York, a Jenny show came on right after and so she would, they were doing the studio switch and, uh, and I met her and she was, you know, totally nice. She didn't know I was going to be in there. She was very nice. How did, how did that gig come about? So that all came about through Reality Tea. David, uh, her producer, found me through Reality Tea. He really liked my columns. Reality Tea has been a huge platform for me. CNN found me through Reality Tea. I got to write about the election two years ago through the lens of reality television because CNN liked my columns on there. Reality Tea has a huge, huge international readership. It's a pretty big site. And so um, I never published my name on there, though. I would own, well, I did. It was Aaron or Aaron M. And they Jenny show somehow found me through there. They found out my real name and they started asking me to come on because they, they liked the tone, I guess, of my writing. And although talking and writing is different, you know, you're coming at it from the same personality, the same perspective. And um, yeah, it all happened that way. I was just a faceless person on the internet and they sought me out and I clicked really well with Jenny and I ended up, you know, not all, not all writers want to talk yes. and not all people who talk want to write, but it just ha so happened that I enjoyed both. And so it just, it just kind of worked out and they just kept asking me back and asking me back. And eventually my segment got turned into an actual segment with a theme song and I became a regular guest and it's been over a year and a half. That is really cool. It's like um, one of those old timey Hollywood stories where a girl was sitting at the drugstore counter <laughs> and gets discovered, you know, that's really right. cool. I didn't see. I, I know you, but I did not know that part of your story. And that is very, very cool. So, I mean, let me ask you this. What do your school teacher friends in Wisconsin think about all of this? Well, it's interesting because I also kept the podcast really on the down low for a while. And, you know, I was talking about social media before. I keep my private Facebook page or my personal Facebook page really separate from all of my other social media. I was kind of hiding the fact that I was doing this podcast because I, I transitioned from being a school teacher into a leadership role in the administration where the, the basically the superintendent was was my boss. I was up there. And so at, which is when I started my podcast last November, but I had a flexible job so I could, you know, work on some creative outlets more. And I really I was kind of living in fear. Mary Payne, seriously, I was living in fear that people were going to find out. I mean, I swear on my podcast, which isn't the biggest deal in the world, but I also, 
and talking about some subjects which aren't necessarily appropriate. I was also spilling some personal details. It did come out little by little, though. I'd have people coming up to me when I visited schools. I ran a mentor program. So I'd visit schools and I'd see teachers I know, and they'd be like, oh my God, I heard about your podcast. Or, oh, da, 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 or what are you doing? I heard you're on the Jenny McCarthy show. And I, so I started talking about it more and more, and it, ju- it was fine. It ended up being fine. And I ended up bonding with a lot of people who were formerly just my colleagues who are secret reality TV watchers yes. or who are. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like we're we're out there. You just don't really it's not what you lead with in a meeting or a conversation in the hallway. Right, because it makes you feel, you know, as my husband will walk through the room and say, you're like, what stupid show are you watching? And I'll say, hey, listen, you know, I don't come down there and talk about your ESPN or your deadliest catch. Don't make fun. Everybody has their thing. And as you and I have both found in all these various Facebook groups and all these things, there are hundreds of thousands of people that are into it. And, you know, we should, we, you know, we should, we should start right now. We, we won't be embarrassed. We'll stand proud in our, our love for reality TV <laughs> and, and cults and true crime. Right. We'll stand right. behind and it. And you know what? And they're professional people. I mean, it's funny because I just posted, and I know many groups do this on Facebook. You know, we have a Pink Shade with Aaron Martin Facebook group. Many other podcasts have Facebook groups too. And you'll put an intro email out there like, hey, everybody tell us a little bit about yourself. And it's like, the people in your group who are listening to these podcasts about these quote stupid shows, they're like, Hey, I'm a clinical psychologist or I'm a nurse practitioner. I'm this or that. It's all of these professional people. It's not like we are the honey boo boo characters. We just enjoy (laughs) watching the honey boo boo characters. Oh my gosh. Honey boo boo. Now, how much time a week do you think you spend writing these recaps? And then also how much time do you spend working on each podcast? Because you put out one a week and then of course you also put out a Patreon, which I'm a member of, but how much time, how much time do you spend doing all this? I mean, it's got it because first of all, you have to watch the show, then you have to recap the show, then you've got to go and do a podcast usually about a show. So how long does this take? Yeah, you know, I've really scaled back on the writing because I do put out one podcast a week. I am doing everything. I'm an indie podcaster. I mean, like I said, I had to Google it all. I have all my own software. I edit it, which takes forever because I am the talent, not a producer, but I have to be my own producer because that's the path I chose. So I, I take a long time booking guests that takes a while, you know, figuring out people who want to come on, people canceling on me, every podcaster who books their own guests goes through this and then scheduling things, you know, is it going to work here? Is it going to work there? If you run a podcast like mine too, where you're not covering a general subject, which can be aired anytime, if you're actually covering specific shows, you need to be able to interview someone after a show airs record it, edit it, and put it out in a timely manner before the next week's show airs. So it's actually doing a reality TV or any kind of TV podcast with a schedule like that is, I would say, probably more difficult in some ways than, you know, say if I was just running a true crime podcast and I could just do documentaries, well, I could just record 10 episodes in a row and then release them. But this one, I'm always, always booking, recording, editing, booking, recording, editing. So I would say, probably at least 20 hours a week, you know, just putting in the time to get everybody on the same page and get it together. I'm also like looking outward. I'm looking out to September. If I'm in August, I'm looking out to October if I'm in September. And my writing is time intensive, although I have pulled back, you know, writing a recap, these two hour shows on TLC. Oh my God, they are killing, they, they kill me because it's great if I can get a screener ahead of time and I can every once in a while, but normally I'm just watching it with you all. So 
I have become someone who can write pretty fast and I can write on the fly, but you have to gather all your own pictures. You have to link it up. You know, you have to do everything. And I, I will say writing for four years in the same kind of vein, you, it's, it can be difficult to keep coming up with new ways of saying the same thing. New, <laughs> so, new ways to say I, that Nicole from 90 Day Fiance is a complete idiot. How many ways, right. how many ways can we talk about how dumb she is? How many ways? How many ways can you actually, you know, say the word train wreck or do you just say the word train wreck over and over again? So yeah, but yeah, that probably, that's another 10 hours a week, you know, writing the recaps. And also I maintain my own website. And so I'm just trying to maintain that. I, I very softly tried to break into the video world, but I was working with a producer on that. I kind of pulled back from that. I'm really just focusing on the podcasting. I'm going to worry about video later because it's just a little too overwhelming to do too many things. And so, and I, I've tried to put out some bonus episodes too sometimes, you know, Wow. There's there's mixed there's mixed reviews on on you know one episode a week plus a Patreon or do people want shorter do they want more episodes and I'm I'm constantly thinking about that too I have recently started working with a podcasting coach who has a lot of good ideas and I plan on doing some new things in the fall when my kid goes back to school yes so yes. that will be helpful yeah in yeah, I mean, more time in, a, yeah. in addition to all this other stuff you're doing you're a mom and a wife I and mean, you've got like regular life stuff plus right, all right. these I think you just said you know up to 30 hours a week that's that's right nuts all right now tell me a lot of people don't know what patreon is or they think maybe it's too much money or it's not worth it now I do patreon for people that I particularly love and you're one of them and your episodes are a little more juicy so what makes you decide what what goes on patreon and what goes on the regular podcast so Patreon is a way, first of all, for it's it's based on the idea of patronage of the arts. You know, in the old in the old days, people would be patrons of the arts because artists didn't get paid any other way. And so you can start a Patreon page as any kind of artist, but a lot of podcasters do it too. They um, seek out people who want to give you know a monthly pledge to the podcast. And, and yeah, you're a Patreon member of Pink Shade. Thank you, Mary Payne. I so appreciate that. And it's a way for then the podcaster, in this case, me, to give something back to patrons. So I usually do two to four episodes a month that aren't on the regular podcast. I try to talk about things that I don't have time for on the regular pod that maybe just don't fit in, some extra clips of interviews that I edited out that are just kind of fun side conversations. I've also told some behind the scenes dirt that I'm just not comfortable putting out on a public platform, but that I feel the Patreon members who are paying and, you know, supporting the podcast with their monthly pledges, they would find, you know, kind of juicy. Yeah, they, 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 they want to hear about something a little extra, something behind the scenes. And I often have, you know, some difficult situations that have gone on that I'm just kind of putting out there. I also do extras like throwback recaps or something that it wouldn't be timely for the podcast, but it's kind of fun if you're like a true deep diver, a true fan of reality TV. I can do those on the Patreon as well. Yeah. Now, speaking of shows, how do you decide which shows to cover? Because you definitely cover everything I'm interested in. So you just, um, I just listened to the one you did with Michelle from the Jenny McCarthy show about the staircase. I don't know why I hadn't listened to that one before, but I was walking through Costco yesterday with my AirPods on listening to that, looking like a, <laughs> looking like a dork with my AirPods on, but I didn't want to turn it off because I am a huge fan of the staircase and was when it originally came out. And then of course, you know, watched the latest three. So I was interested to hear your take on it. So from, you know, one week you'll talk about 90 day fiance or married at first. And then the next week, you're going to talk about like this, you know, long length 
documentary about a murder. So how do you decide week to week, which way am I going to go? Am I going to go light? Am I going to go deep? Am I going to go crime, cult, reality? How do you decide week to week? I've been trying to mix it up so that every week is not a 90 day fiance review. Every (laughs) week is not just housewives. Although I could easily fall into that. I could talk about that all day, every day, but I do have, I have more interest than I have time for sometimes. So I'll try to mix it up. It's also a matter of, if we're just going to get really honest here, who's available? You know what I mean? It's like if Michelle from the Jenny McCarthy show is like, okay, do you want to talk about a documentary? I'm like, yeah, what day can you do it? What week? And that's a podcast I will schedule, you know, and I will forego the recap and I'll push it off to the next week. So it's a scheduling thing. And I will also fully admit, I have been building this plane as I fly it from the beginning. So I, I think this is one of the one of the more interesting aspects that I will have to dig down into in this next year is I try to take the podcast to the next level. You know, I'm already monetizing it with advertisements and things, but it's always a numbers game. You're trying to get your numbers up. And I really want to know what people are interested in and what kind of pacing they're interested in. So right now I'm just like letting it fly. <laughs> That's how I decide. Well, it's all, it, it, it keeps I, it interesting, I right? A, I could have a better strategy. I could have a better strategy to this. Yeah. Well, it keeps it interesting. You know, to me, to me as a listener. So I know that you were talking about starting a whole separate podcast about cults. Now, what is going on with that? I am. So I was working with a producer who um, herself is an ex-Scientologist. She was only in it for about a year and it was when she was very young, but she's very, very active in kind of the cult watch community. And she is a great videographer and she was really talking about getting into the YouTube space and she was very interested in starting a cults podcast, but she, her business is on hold right now. So that's putting that to the side. I am still interested in doing a separate cults podcast and here's why it's not because I don't really think that I, I can't cover cults on pink shade. I still want to, and I still will, I'll still cover them in the TV or documentary aspect. But what a separate cults podcast I think would be good for is to dive deeper into the nuts and bolts behind all the, there's so much news. There's so much news about cults. It's way more than I can handle. And also the tone is different when you really start to do deep dive interviews. You know, I can't really call up Frank Parlato, who I have, who I've talked to. He runs the Frank Report and he he is the the whistleblower on Nexium Cult. Yes, yes. So he is, you know, I've communicated with him and he's willing to come on my podcast. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? This isn't the podcast for Frank Parlato to come on. He needs to come on a cults podcast because I guess what it comes down to is this. People who are interested in reality TV tend to have a wide variety of interests beyond that. They're, they're willing to listen to a true crime podcast or they're willing to listen to a juicy cult story because we're all kind of voyeurs. We all want to see like, you know, the truth is stranger than fiction. However, people who are very interested in cults and cult lives and uncovering the crimes and cults aren't necessarily interested in goddamn 90 Day Fiance, <laughs> right? So it's just like, there you have it. So I'm, I'm missing a huge audience who would, who would want to look more in depth to cults. And that's what I'm, that's why I'm going to branch off and do a separate tone and tenor and subject matter for that one. I'm still going to talk about juicy cult stories on Pink Shade though, because I just feel like I have to. Well, you know me, if it's about a cult, I'm in, I'm all in. I want to know all about it. (laughs) You do. I do. And so let me ask you this regarding that. When and if you start this new podcast about cult, will you interview your mom? I would love to interview my mom. And I have begged her from the beginning. I even mentioned it in my very first episode. 
that, you know, oh my gosh, I, I want to have my mom on. She was willing to sit down with me and I recorded her for about an hour and a half at the beginning of my Pink Shade podcast, but she refused to let her voice be on the actual podcast. And I respected that and I'm still respecting that, but I'm wondering if I start a separate podcast. And now that she's really used to me in this podcasting world and she's seeing how it's turning into it's really turning into something. You know, I wonder if she'll have a different take. I'm going to ask her again. I'll, I'll put it out there. I'll put it out there into the universe every day. Yeah. My mom will be on. She has a very interesting perspective. And um, there's no one better to talk about it than a person who escaped a cult, really. I mean, I can talk about it till I'm blue in the face, but I was a little kid. And my parents are the ones who know what it was like. And the, the perspective she has also has given me uh, an extreme empathy for other people who have escaped and an extreme respect for people who have gotten out of it. And also the idea that it's not just these losers and completely, you know, just unhinged people who join. You don't know you're joining a cult. You're just joining a church or you're joining a group. And for her, she was joining a 60s movement. Right. And um, I think it's just important to hear from people. That's what I'd really like to do on the cults podcast as well. I'd, I'd like to talk to people who have left. And I would like to talk to them in a different way than I hear happening on a lot of cults podcasts where they just want to get like the juicy details or they, or there's a, there's a, there's a ton of judgment a lot of times in interviewers voices. And I'd like to, I'd like to take that in a different direction. Uh, yeah. And I think you're the one to do it since you do have experience with it and, you know, you have family experience with it. You know, yeah. I, I found like wild, wild country, for example, the people that they interviewed, the Rajneesh, um, Rajneeshis, they, were yeah. fascinating because they were doctors, lawyers, all very, very right? established, smart people. So nobody went into this thinking like, I'm going to join a cult and we're going to try to murder people with, you know, chopped up beavers or whatever they did that crazy where they <laughs> polluted the water. So you're right. And I think that I think that's going to be fascinating. So make sure you definitely uh, keep everybody posted, especially me. I will. I will. Okay, now, Aaron, we're coming to a close, but I always ask my guest this last question, which is, what podcast are you listening to? What are you into? I really love, uh, of course, reality TV podcasts. I'm a big fan of Kate Casey's Reality Life with Kate Casey. I think she is such a reality television anthropologist. I agree. I Yeah, she just really gets into it. And what I was talking about with the Cults podcast that I would like to do, she does with reality television stars. I mean, when she has them on, she doesn't have that judgment either. She really is just trying to dig into their psyche. And she's a very welcoming host. I've been on her podcast. She's been on mine. And she's also been a great mentor. She's also coming on this podcast. Oh, that's wonderful. She is a, a big she's friendship so wonderful circle. To tap into. Into? Yeah, it's a big friendship circle. And you know what? That's a great thing. When you find podcasts podcasters who are collaborative rather than competitive, that's a wonderful thing because we really do grow together. We really do. It's it's the truth. It's not just some like silly mantra that you could buy at Pier One. Right. And also I listened to the the most recent one I've really enjoyed is called The Best Neighbors Podcast. It's by Aaron Henneke and Margot and I'm forgetting her last name. Sorry Margot, but they are two Brooklyn real life neighbors of 22 years, and they talk about pop culture, movie recommendations, book recommendations. One's a literary agent. The other one has, you know, a high profile job. So it's it's a very smart but very fun podcast to listen to. I just recently had Aaron on mine, and um, I would really recommend it. It's small, but I think it's going to really burst onto the scene. Oh, my gosh. I've never heard of this one. Okay. I wrote, to I it. wrote it down Great. to add to... 
my growing list of podcasts and podcasters that I want to talk to. But let me tell you what, Erin, when I mentioned, when I was on your podcast and I mentioned I was considering starting this podcast and people hadn't been super encouraging to me just because it's so much work. And you said, are you kidding? If you want to do it, you should do it. And, you know, you really were the only one that encouraged me. And so here we are today. And I appreciate it so much. You're welcome. I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy you're doing this. You're a natural and your podcast about podcasting is going to be people are going to listen to this. I mean, this is going to be big for you. I'm so excited. I think if you you know what, why get discouraged? People are out there being haters. I don't understand why. If you want to do something creative, you just have to do it. Oh, that's so nice. Um, yeah. Okay. So tell my listeners where they can find you on social media and more information about Pink Shade. So my podcast full name is Pink Shade with Aaron Martin, and it's reality TV, a little bit of cult, a little bit of true crime. And my Patreon page is Patreon slash pink shade patreon.com slash pink shade that's where the bonus episodes are you can find me on twitter and instagram at erin leah martin that's my full given name and i also have a facebook group for the podcast it is you just type in pink shade with erin martin to your facebook browser and send me a request i'll let you write in that's fantastic thank you so much again and i will talk to you soon thank you mary Payne. this was great <music> 